recent episode talk about doing rpgs you mentioned if you're going to play in a different time period than you know say the movie is set for or the straight rpg is set for you would have to include the books by herbert's son why why couldn't you just make up your own lore why are you handcuffed by inferior work I, i i don't understand wouldn't it be even easier to say the six core books by Herbert are the, are the, that happened, right? And then you as a GM can make up the rest. So that frees you. You're not being handcuffed by, you know, crappy fanfic. So, so I'm curious why you feel you would have to include those other books if you did different time period. Hey, Jason, thanks for the call. I don't know if I would have to include them per se, but I think they used that quote-unquote fanfic, as you call it, by Frank Herbert's son, Brian Herbert, maybe, is his name, and in as inspiration for some of the history that they talk about um, in the main Dune book, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know. I know I read House of Treaties, and I have it, and it was okay. <clears throat> I mean, I've read worse. Um... But of course, I've read better. But, uh, you know, it's one is entitled to their opinion. And I think, why not use the inspiration that is there? I don't think anyone's going to go, oh, that's not in my dune. Because those events would be in the background in some sort of timeline that Herbert, one or the other, establishes. So, you know, if I wanted to have like a nascent house or a house minor or a house major... And the events of the Dune books happen, behind, you know, in the background, which is most likely how I think I would run a Dune game. It'd be set in the Dune verse, but then, then do you need the Dune rules to do that? If you know about the verse, and I'm sure people have done this already, if they wanted to play in a game inspired by Dune, use their own rule set with the books as the inspiration and not the RPG book, right? So... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what if that comes about, or what that does. Um, I don't know. I just need another game slot, right? Oh man, I got a package today. So it is from Lightning Source. It is an 11 by 17 size, kind of a bigger envelope. So it's something from drive-through. I don't remember what I ordered from drive-through, at least in print. So here goes. Just one of those tear opens. So inside, one book, bubble wrap, ED kind. And this is the Survivalist Guide to Spelunking Tools and Tables. So uh, this is a companion, I guess, to the Survival's Guide to Spelunking, which I unboxed back in episode 22 around August 5th. And this is Tools and Tables. So all the tools and tables from the book are put together in one box. So here we have what, Table 14.6, the Universal Hunting Guide. Like, what could you find when you're there? Pretty long. Uh, 
Table 15.7, colloid melancholia, colloid awareness, shumritis. Table 15.6, shumritis. So it's pretty cool. There's a lot of it's like where events that could happen while you're under their spelunking. Mind materials, it's a table 4.3. So it's kind of pretty neat. Chase obstacles, like what could be in the, in the chase. Being lost, what happens when you're lost? Oh, wow. Being lost, so like this is pretty interesting. So I guess if you get lost, how long you're lost, and then what region you're lost in. What happens when you do become lost? That's kind of nice. Just hazards, hunting. Oh, that's pretty cool. Pretty nice. Looks pretty enjoyable. Light list of this hunting. Hell's Taint, Hypothermia, Aeolian and Wind Cave Finds. That's pretty nice. So it's a really cool, comprehensive guide. I don't know if it's called Dwarf City Finds, if you're in an old dwarf city. I remember an old dungeon module, you're exploring a dwarf city. So kind of nice. Oh, pretty impressive. Um, good companion to have when you are exploring underground. It'd be fun to do another underground exploration campaign. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to figure out something to do with that or an adventure to do in that. All right. Fun unboxing. I got a box today. I'm anticipating that this will be a very fun unboxing. So it is a bigger box. It is um, some... Twelve by like eighteen or so the box, and it is from Fun Again Games in Indianapolis. Who do they distribute for? Use Anvil to open the box. Ooh, lots of packing peanuts, which was well, you know protects things, but not the best if you have animals. What is it? Oh, it is the Twilight Two Thousand role playing in World War Two box set. Very cool. I guess they decided against the tins. Maybe that didn't work out. Um, I must have missed that at some point. But uh, yeah. Um, let me open this bad boy up. Tin shrink wrap. And what we got. Very nice. Oh, initiative cards. Dice. Very cool. A set of different, you know... It's got the, the hits on it and the misses, uh, a set of full set of dice with lots of ammo, different ammo dice, um, and another type of dice. Oh, hit location dice. So pretty cool. Oh, pretty cool. Uh, it has the initiative cards and encounter cards as well. And what we've got in here, we have some handouts, the secret NATO handout for both Finland and the Poland theater, a big sets of maps, one... To a very nice map that I can put out at the table, at least for my reference, of Poland. Oh, it's a really big map of Poland. Hold on a second. It is a really good size map. Um, I feel like it's two feet by four. No, not quite four feet. I don't know. Um, what does it say? Yeah, the dimension is 864 millimeters by 558 millimeters, which is 
34 inches by 21 inches, so pretty good sized map. It is very nice, um, pretty cool. I mean, I put it on the Roll20, but it's nice to see a giant map like this um, live, which is kind of nice. So what else we got in the bag, in the box that is? Uh, looks like a pad of uh, character sheets. Uh, a few characters, not a pad, but like a set character sheets to copy. Um, little closer in maps, like 8 by 10 or so for different scenes and scenarios, um, which is very cool. And fun, fun tokens that you could use on there. Um, pretty cool. Um, nice. And then the manuals inside. Um, the referee's manual and the player's manual. And I guess I feel like they clock in. It's very nice. Sometimes it's easy for me to look through a book than to look, you know, in, on a PDF. It depends on your your modes operandi and how you search for things. But uh, very nice. The books are really cool. I don't think that they change anything from what we were using, but maybe... Maybe they codified things a little better somewhere, I hope. Um, we'll see. Let's see if I can find. Um, right, so chapters. Yeah, everything looks pretty much like it does in the PDF. Um, using your buddy, moral code, big dream. Etc. So, encumbrance if you need it. So it's really nice. It's a very nice book. It's kind of cool to have this in hand for our next game. So there you go, the Twilight 2000 box set unboxing. Hey all, I'm gonna try to do recaps on the road, like I'm traveling. And it's kind of crazy. I'd rather be gaming, you know, but for work and stuff. So I'm watching the Braves beating the Astros six to nil. It's in the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, hopefully Atlanta, unless I have a meltdown, will win. But we'll see what happens. I know some of y'all don't like hearing about sports ball because it makes gives you conniptions. Or whatever but uh, hey I like sports and I'm chill enough right now to watch it so I kind of so I'm in Gainesville Florida um, and uh, like I did this little so I, I flew into Tampa rented a car drove to Gainesville I have a show tomorrow and I did this like kind of triangle because there's, there's several breweries here in Tampa and I are in Gainesville and I picked ones I thought kind of looked cool and I went to Black Adder, Big Top and Swamp Head Brewing so uh, hashtag them check them out when you're in Gainesville oh man dude Oh, I thought Swanson would have made an awesome play but uh, close very close Swan Swanson's been awesome if I were to buy a Braves jersey I would buy his so I, had, I played in two games this week. Um, I played in a game on Sunday, a Ravnica 5e game, 
and I played in a in, uh, incarnation or a play part of the play test of Joe Salvatore from Raven God Games, his Reaver uh, game system. So Ravnica was pretty awesome. I played Trovic, who is a Path of the Berserker Barbarian and is also a Minotaur. And he's pretty badass. He takes a lot of damage, and I love the fact that the players like heal him up, um, which is nice because he he takes the brunt of the damage in a fight. So we're in this tower. Um, this is a game run by Kevin Madison of the Dungeon Musings Media Empire, and we've been in this tower. We the last time we like found the, the people that were missing from our our kind of like platoon of a guild um, people so like in Ravnica is a game based on Magic the Gathering and there's all these various guilds and the guilds have had formed this platoon of, of soldiers and and a specialist to go info to go uh, examine this tower uh, that has um, arisen in the in the depths of um, of the underworld of Ravnica underneath the city and the council has decided we're going to send a group of various guild members going. And we finally made the tower. Um, we assaulted the tower one time and people were taken. We assaulted the tower again and, and gained entry. Um, and we went up top, up to the top. And uh, we found our people that were missing, but we were didn't know how to rescue them they were kind of like in a a bit of stasis um so that's kind of where we left off this time we picked up we decided to kind of we got to meet up with the rest of the group i guess the way to free them is down below so we start moving down below we get to a library there's this geist who's there who's very cryptic is trying to find a lantern we spend a lot of time trying to figure out where the lantern is and uh Apparently, the lantern was, he was trying to find it in the bookshelves, but really it was where a book should not be, or a book would be odd to be, and, uh, oh, got him, okay. All right, end of the sixth, six zero, um, Atlanta on top. So, and, uh, so I think Kevin kind of let us figure out, kind of debate amongst ourselves, and eventually we, we he, he had us roll some certain things, and I came up with the idea, well, maybe it's, it's in the place that you would least likely to find it, in the gruel area, because we don't really keep books of knowledge, and maybe this lantern was put there. Um, and we, what was interesting, it was like, it was the only book set as a trophy among the various sundry items that were there for the oral tradition of the gruel and um yeah it was a book that had been stabbed through and apparently this is m maybe how the geist librarian senator was assassinated and we found the lantern uh, that can reveal hidden things uh, which is kind of cool and then we went and the, but then as soon as that happened this kind of fire demon came he was one of the three creatures that kind of ruled this place, um, this tower, and uh, he seemed to maybe have been a minotaur before. He had horns. Um, Trovic went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, and it was it was actually a really cool 
fight, even though it, in the end we retreated. So we really, I felt like our group of players really gelled here. Um, I had enough healing to keep me alive. It was touch and go. I think out of 50 hit points, I got down to like five, but the guys really, the, the spellcasters who were healing really healed me. And I made, I even got off my horn pushback against a demon and we were able to kind of, we, we weren't, we didn't have the power to defeat this demon. And we kind of, kind of had a holding action. We fought at him. We realized we couldn't beat him, and we kind of fell back, fell back, and we kind of really worked and coordinated that we were able to um, get everyone out and close the doors so the demon could not pursue us, uh, which was really cool. And Trovik survived. He's kind of beat up, and hurting, and fatigued, exhausted. Actually, what's very interesting is exhaustion is a very little known mechanic that you can really mess with the players in 5e. I mean, everyone says 5e is easy, easy mode, but if you use exhaustion to the, in the way it's supposed to be, you can really, really hinder characters. And definitely, I mean, Trovik is like two levels of exhaustion, so he's messed up. And you need a, like a fifth level spell to cure it. So that's crazy. So, we fell back, we defeated the demon, we went back, um, we, we saw that like the main like um, station in room, um, the entry room into this tower had been abandoned, there had been a fight, so we went down, maybe we should have fell back and gone out. Um, anyway, we, well the Astros have a new picture, picture, holy shit, they just blast, <gasps> so close. Almost another home run. So close by Atlanta. You're getting a play-by-play. -play. It's better than Joe Buck. Joe Buck is awful in football and in baseball. Sorry. His, his dad was a legend, but Joe Buck is the worst. Anyway, so we go down um, and we find like a like a, a, a floor where there's this like garden um, and a tree and we realize that this is kind of important. I think, you know, we kind of talked about and figured out we need to really talk to this person and something manifested, I think, and that's definitely where we stopped. We're going to have to deal with this manifestation of one of the powers in this tower um, for the next time. But it was pretty cool. I, I'm really enjoying how uh, Kevin is running the Ravnica. It's definitely something that it'd be fun to bring to the table, but you need the kind of the people who like magic and like 5e, I think. Um, not, I don't know, I think you could do it, but uh, it'd be a hard sell for those people, it'd be an easy sell for people who are love both like the D&D &D and the magic. But hey, you know what? You can play Minotaurs, you can play Centaurs, you can play Loxodon, so it's kind of a cool thing. So um, that is um, the recap of Ravnica. And uh, I think I'm gonna take a break and I'll recap the Reaver. Reavers, I missed the last session, but from that session, apparently I did pretty well with my spell casting and we quit the burning city. And now we're out in the wilderness trying to make it with a dude who's been tortured and in a jail cell and not doing well. So we moved through down and south um, out of the city 
and I think our goal is to get to like the towns or villages of my people or our territory and try to figure out where to go from there. But uh, this guy's sick and we, this guy Cato, he's sick and uh, it was kind of neat. We were able to figure out a couple things. So, so with all our input, uh, this is a game that is in play test um, and hopefully it'll be out soon. I don't know what Joe, it's, it's a game that's being developed by Joe Salvatore, Raven God Games, and also of uh, Eldritch Tales uh, Notoriety. And um, it's a really cool sword and sorcery kind of setting. And he's, I like his mechanic a lot. And blam, something happened. Atlanta just hit another home run. It's seven to nothing. And um, this is game six. So Freddie Friedman got a home run. That's not the, no. Okay, that's not the, that better not be the, uh, pitcher that'd be awful I don't think it is I think they have a DH in this game because it's in the in the Astros stadium but um, yep home run solo home run 7 nothing. Astros or Braves are winning anyway so it's kind of cool we figured out how to do healing like my character has a shaman and he has like a healing bag and he's able to heal oh, that guy the fan just barely missed catching the home run ball um, and yeah, so we figured out how to do that. So I'm, I kind of helped him, stabilized him, got him some health back and we, and it's raining, it's damp, it's yucky. We build a shelter. Um, um, I think as Joe's kind of wanted to test out how, how this kind of ritual shaman stuff works. And, um, I create a, like a little, a mini shrine dedicated to the ancestors of my people. And I summon an ancestor and uh, he kind of tells me that there's some corruption about um, he will guard us and keep us safe we're not being pursued we're not being hunted out of the city so I guess we kind of escape the net which is kind of cool so um, so good for us um, eventually Cato's fever breaks and he tells us this interesting tale that you know he found these this stone and the stone was dedicated to a to a goddess, but the goddess was not a bad goddess, but he found it in the the veil of shadows or something, or the veil of mists, or the valley of the mist, and it's a place of corruption. And uh, he found this jewel and he gave it to his boss, who is also kind of the overboss of Jason Connerly's character, uh, Brutus the Rogue. And uh, and then the boss gave it to some sort of spell casting or a wizard. And um, our friend Cato was shocked. He fell off the, the, where he was looking from and was captured by the guard and put in jail. Um, so I think what we decided to do was to go down to my people and talk to them, get some advice and figure out where to go next. But it looks like we might have to go back into the city we just left. Uh, and find these stones or travel to the Valley of the Mists and recover something else. But uh, it's kind of cool. I think um, it's, uh, I really appreciate Joe letting us kind of play test his system. I think what he's doing is kind of running us through not really a campaign, but just his world to see how it develops for him and how it inspires him to continue 
his work because he'll come out with the the quick start and the whatever rule book he's coming out with and or whatever uh, Raven God Games is going to do and then develop it from there which I think is kind of neat it's kind of cool to be in that process so I'm grateful for Joe to let me uh, participate and it's fun to play with Jason as sarcastic as he can be he actually dials back the sarcasm when we're playing together and he's not a he's not a player killer don't worry he's a team player he's fun to play with so uh, pretty cool stuff uh, Reaver is coming to a theater or a DIY or a drive through RPG near you soon I hope And with that intro, you should know that only applies to one person, and that is Joe Richter of Hindsightless, the love doctor, Dr. Love. And uh, he has some things to ask about with uh, Pathfinder. Yo, Carl, I just got to say how pumped I am that you're running Pathfinder 2 for those dudes, man. I know I sort of went back to PF1, but I will always hold a soft spot in my heart for PF2. I just watched this video of these dudes talking about it, how it's hard for players in Pathfinder 2 to come up with something to do with their third action, especially after the first round of combat, uh, because taking that third attack with a minus 10 penalty is never a good idea. And while, while I agree with that, that that minus 10 penalty is brutal, I do, however, think that there are a ton of other cool things you could do with your third action, you could recall knowledge, you could move, you could raise a shield, you could, there's there's a bunch of other stuff. So what about you? Have you found that your players struggle to come up with what to do on their third action, especially after the first round of combat? Let me know. Peace out. Hey, Joe. I don't seem to recall anyone having any trouble having coming up with a third action during their rounds of melee. Um, for spellcasters, it's kind of easy because a lot of spells take two actions. So um, then their other action is a move or a manipulate of some sort. And then with fighters, a lot of fighters have realized that shields are really damn good. So we're going to go sword and board or axe and board or whatever and get that shield raised as a third action and um, get to do other things, you know, like attack, move attack or you know things like that which is kind of neat makes it more dynamic which is why i like the three action thing in pathfinder um really so uh yeah i think uh i'll end it here joe you get to get bracketed by music which is kind of neat um i really want to thank my callers um joe richter and jason connerly in this very haphazard piecemeal episode that i create and finish up on the road I want to thank uh, Taylor of Clerics for Ringmail for meeting me for breakfast this morning, which was hella cool. It's always great to get out on the road and meet y'all. Maybe I'll come to a city near you and we can hang out and have breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a beer, or all of the above. Um, anyway, um, yeah, like I said, Joe, you're going to be bracketed by music because TJ Drennan does the music for this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, TJ. Take us out.